time. And we have just seen this awesome, which I think the best episode of the season, Game of Thrones. And this episode is called The Spoils of War. And I'm with my two co-hosts, Andre and Diana. How are you guys doing? Hey, how's hey. it going? Going, so, going good here. How are you? Pretty good. I'm doing <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. My power went out right when the dragons came, so that that was kind of an interesting kind of thing because my daughter and I were like cheering the dragons on, and then, and then total blackness. The dragons <laughs> took out your power. I mean, the whole yes, the whole house went total black. My wife's yelling upstairs, "What happened?" I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> dragons did it. Drogon. It was Drogon. So, um, so we're going to start with what, what did you guys think of this episode? Because I have some interesting thoughts on it. Oh, I thought it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. Like, this is the episode that we've been waiting for for the whole series is the f- the epic battle, finally, yeah. of the dragons taking over Westeros. So this was just, it, it just, it blew me away. This it episode is season finale caliber. Yes. I, it was any other year, any other season, this would have been a season finale. The fact that we're only halfway through this season um you know we talked earlier in other podcasts about you know there's only seven episodes well i see now how keeping it to seven is really paying off the amount of resources the amount of care they put into these episodes each week keeps getting better and past seasons kind of there'd be like a lull in the middle this keeps ratcheting it up right and it makes me wonder like if this is only episode four like what what is going to be the last what is going to be this the the ending? You know, like right. maybe it's going to be a big White Walker episode. Yeah, like we haven't even big. seen the White Walkers yet, except for hieroglyphics on the wall, which was really. And we interesting. only have three more episodes in this right. this That's part it. of the season, so yeah, maybe they won't even bring the White Walkers in until the last episode, and then it'll, it's going to be this huge Could be. White Walker battle. Could be. But anyway, let's battle. talk about this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I have mixed feelings about this because I thought last week was the best episode of, of, I've seen, and they managed to top that, which is kind of amazing. That's crazy. But um, the reason why I have mixed feelings is, as I was going through it, I was I was reminding myself of comments I've heard from other people, including people in media or um, not movie critics per se, but just kind of well-known personalities. Yeah. And the, I think the Game of Thrones really did itself a disservice by having the first season kind of concentrate, I, I think this was the impression anyway, that it was a show for 12-year-old boys because there was a lot of ludity, a lot of nakedness, a lot of, you know... Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, that was like, it was it was like a, it was like a running joke on late night shows, yeah. you know, about how the yeah how the Game of Thrones what? was. Yeah, uh huh. I, I see mean, what you're saying a little bit. Like, they kind of had to HBO it up a little bit more in order to get that, that viewership up. Yes, and it was it was a running joke saying that every scene had you know women taking their tops off just to get you know viewers yeah. up, and um, I think it did itself a disservice because now that now that the story and the writing is so good, people people of lesser who who don't have patience for that or not into the story are like or they're talking too much or they're you know too much conversation. Well, I don't agree with that. No, what I'm saying no, I agree with you. What I'm saying is a lot of people are saying this and they're saying that this season hasn't had the action or the amount of you know um i feel like people said that, that after the 
people said that after the first episode because the first episode was very like oh where are where are characters at right. you know just com- one conversation for each character and nothing actually happened so people were a little i think disappointed with the opening episode but i haven't heard anyone saying that about the last three episodes when there's actually- i have especially last episode where like like oh that was boring i was like no what are you talking what? about you know and, I hate I, those type of viewers. Oh, my God. Like, I've noticed that there's a correlation between the super casual viewers who kind of, like, don't really know much about Game of Thrones are the same ones that are always like, oh, there wasn't a battle in that episode, so that episode was boring. It's like, unless there's some epic death or battle, it sucks, you know? So, screw those people. I don't care. So, yeah, what I'm saying, yeah, I'm just like, well, yeah. so anyway, what I'm saying is, like, I'm like, listen... For those of you out there listening to Game of Thrones, the Game of Thrones, even the production quality, before, before I, you, I called you guys, I was listening to just the soundtrack of the Game of Thrones, and the music is even a higher quality. And I'm yeah. thinking that everything is done so well, and the writing is so good, that we, we put such a high standard on it that is so, I think you said it best, Dre, any other show or any other season, this would be a finale, what right. we just saw. This would be a but series is, finale, yeah, series finale. Yeah, but yeah. this is like a mid-level, you know, fourth middle, episode. Right. Exactly. So we, I mean, this, I think the Game of Thrones has taken us to a higher height. Well, in a lot of ways, as, this season and next season, kind of if you think of them seven and seven kind of as one big long season over two years, you kind of have to think of them all together as the series finale. You know what I mean? Right. Everything that's gone on over the last six seasons have literally been building blocks Every major character story arc has come to this where we're at now, and we're going to be done here soon. So in a lot of ways, this whole season and next season are the series finale. You know, if you think of it that way, it makes a lot more sense. It's only seven and seven makes a lot more sense that we're seeing all this amazing stuff in the middle of a season. It makes more sense that, you know, we're having all these reunions. Yeah. Uh, totally true. Totally true. So that's what we thought of the episode. So now let's go to your drop the mic moments. What were yours, um, Diana? What, what was your first one? Uh, can I just say the battle? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to, I mean, no, but seriously though, I mean, the, the moment of watching the Lannister army, their reaction to hearing the horses and then all Love of a that. sudden, to, yeah, Love all that. of a sudden seeing the... <laughs> Seeing Drogon pop up over the horizon, it was just, uh, it was so amazing. Uh, so that was obviously, number one was obviously the the battle. There was just too yeah. much going on with that to even get into for drop the mic moments. But also, uh, Arya is apparently the now the best fighter in all of Westeros, so that <laughs> happened. <laughs> apparently yeah, we, she's become yes. a ninja. <laughs> I want to get into yeah. that later because yeah. that, that, that scene really really revealed a lot of questions that a lot of people had, but we'll get into that later. So yeah, Arya and her ninja scene. Okay, yes. what else? And then uh, I also was... Well, th- this wasn't really like an action thing, but the reveal that Cersei is going to be looking for armies in Essos and sell swords from Essos. So what we discussed. Right. Last I was podcast. thinking that that led clear led yes. credence to what you guys talked about before. Yes. So John, uh, <laughs> I have to give you respect where yeah. respect is due. I think that Dario Naharis will be, will be, uh, coming to help Cersei and he will be, uh, betraying Daenerys. So I, I look forward to that happening. <laughs> you know, I have to, I have to say that if that comes true, that will have to be recorded because yeah. you were like, "What? No way!" That you thought about it, say, "Okay, but 
well, I don't know where my, that came from. In, Go ahead. In my defense, you know, I I only didn't believe it for like thirty seconds. I, I mean, <laughs> that's true. Later and later. That was in the a strong thirty podcast. seconds. Though. That was a strong thirty seconds. <laughs> it was. It was. But yeah, I, I that they made it pretty clear that that's going to be happening now. So I think Sons of the Harpy and the Golden Company, I think, may be coming to Westeros to now fight for the Lannisters, which is going to be really cool. Especially if they have gold from the Iron Bank. Right. Yeah. Yep. So how about you, Dre? Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Dre? For me, my drop the mic moment, you actually mentioned two of them. So I'm going to go to another one. Seeing John and Daenerys in the cave looking for a dragon glass, actually seeing it on the walls, and then seeing the drawings or hieroglyphics from the children of the forest and they go deeper and deeper and then you actually see the night king and his followers on the wall in dragonstone like it that's very unbelievable like you really think that you know the night king is going to get that far south and he already has been he's been there but in the past so um just solidifying even more that you know this threat from from the north is real and then also those moments between John and Daenerys where it almost looked like he was going to bend the knee to Daenerys. And it looked like a little bit of a very uh, intimate uh, thing there. Yes. Could have Budding like, romance. Well, yeah. Well, well, well I, I want to discuss this real quick because, one, this is why I say this episode of – well, I said it before the podcast. Well, you got to listen now. I think this episode is really two separate episodes. You had the war, and then you had, like, the love story. Sure. And I think that I think that the love story is a lot of different characters. And that moment with John in a cave was reminiscent. When he, the last time he was in a cave, he was with um, – Oh yeah. What's her name, guys? Uh, oh God, what? (laughs) Why is escaping me right now? You know Uh, nothing, Jon Snow. Okay, uh I remember this. So, um, the last time he was in a cave, he he really had a a a moment, and that moment really, really, really changed his destiny. And I think that this is the second time in a cave kind of changed his destiny because um he he was able to convince um Daenerys that hey, you know. We need this is where this is where we need to go, and they had a serious connection, which was which was really amazing. Yes, that was true. Yeah, I think finally that that's interesting. You brought up the cave thing because I definitely didn't think about that, but that's a good point. Uh, God, why is her name escaping me? What was her name? Egret. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Egret. Yeah. Sounds Great. like sounds like some vegetable I wouldn't like, yeah. but yeah. but hey yeah he was in the cave with egret it was really and and he's and john has this ability to be vulnerable without losing strength it's true you know and he gets that from his adopted father yes now did you guys notice that he was there was a little bit of an improvement on the whole bending the knee thing he was calling her your grace yeah. Actually, or did he call her your grace from the get-go? Yeah, he hmm, did when like when they know, saw him more... down on the beach and he says, your grace, you know, right. come here. I, think, I feel I like think it was more was... genuine this time, though. Yeah. But I think you guys are looking at it backwards. He did that, but it was reciprocal because she was giving him mad respect by the way she was talking to him. She was like, what do you think? She's yeah. like, I don't have any other allies. And she really was, at... when she asked him, what do you think? It was like, I am your woman almost. Let's do this right. thing. No, not only that, a few minutes before, she had tried to encourage John by saying, hey, you're king because your people chose you. Your people trust you. Your people wanted you. And she calls him right. a king, even though she doesn't say your grace or whatever. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, but to me, it was her body language more so that because yeah. her body language was very open. I mean, her her she was facing him. Her arms were open. Her, you know, she was she was really like, I, I want you. I'm bringing you in, in, into my fold here. Now, um, that's one, Dre. What what are the other two for you? Drop the mic. All moment. right. So another one for me is, um, I guess. Hold on. It's uh, Brandon Stark is in uh, in his living room or in uh, in his bedroom, and he's talking to. Oh, let me start that again. Uh, Brandon Stark and Peter Baelish are talking at Winterfell, and uh, you know Baelish is trying to uh, you know appeal to him by saying, "I I can't imagine the things you've seen. You know, you've seen things most men wouldn't believe. You know, I'm." He talks about his mom and saying, you know, I, I wasn't there to protect her. I feel guilty about it, but now I'm here to protect her children. I can do anything for you. And B- Baelish says, talks about chaos and said, you know, yes. all this chaos. And he says to, and Brandon says to him, chaos is a ladder using the exact words that Baelish used with our, with, uh, with Sansa. And you could tell not much stuns or surprises Littlefinger. But in that moment, you could see that the surprise on his face, which right. was very rare. Yes, uh, exactly. Uh, it was almost like Littlefinger was like a mortal and Brandon was yeah. like a god, yeah. you know. <laughs> Dude, it's like Littlefinger realized that all of a sudden all these Stark children have returned to Winterfell. Right. And it's like, what? what is he facing? Because they're like the X-Men now, you know. It's like all of a sudden Littlefinger versus the X-Men. And uh, I they think have, exactly. they've all got these weird totally. magical, you know, yeah. uh, Arya is a ninja right. now. Brand's like a weird psycho wizard. What is Sansa? So I think <laughs> I don't know. She's just Sansa. But... <laughs> She's just Sansa. But yeah, you're right. Uh, no, totally. As, yeah. as far as 100%. far as as Brandon goes, now we're realizing the implications of what his powers mean or what his abilities mean. Um, you know, they want to know probably what's John up to. What? How's it going down in the South? Will Brandon be able to relate to them? Hey, John's fine. You know what I mean? Or will they continue to be anxious? When is he going to get back? Just all these different little implications like that. Right. I, I think they could have renamed this episode the battle between gods and men because um, – so so those are, those are three – your three dropped the mics. And I think that the when Littlefinger was trying to – he was talking – I made a note. He was talking so much. And whenever he talks so much, he's trying to get an angle on something. And so that was a battle between a man – yeah. And then the god came in and was like, "No, chaos is a ladder," and totally shut him up. Yeah. And um, yeah, so my three dropped the mice moment was that the overall, the overall theme of the show was that you had the A players going against each other. You had Jamie right. going yeah. against Daenerys. You had Littlefinger going against Bram. You had um, Jon Snow and Daenerys trying to. Yeah. Um, um, you know, they they weren't competing, but John was trying to accomplish something. Yeah. This wasn't a, this wasn't a show for the um, for the week. This wasn't a show for the smaller bit players, like play, even players that we like a whole lot, like um, the guy that's scared of fire. What's his name? Um, the Hound. The Hound. The, the Hound. Yeah, bit players like the Hound or or um, Hot Pie or you know all the players that we like. Right. This was this was. <laughs> 
<laughs> of all characters to choose. I'm just saying, but but yeah. but we've no, I see seen, what you're saying. but yeah. we've seen him a lot this season compared to previous seasons. This this episode was big boy right. put your big boy pants on what we're getting down to in these episodes now is every conflict or everybody who's opposing each other we kind of as viewers have stakes on both sides right. i think the battle right. that we saw it was a very obvious one we you know we have stakes as viewers with jamie and Braun. we have stakes obviously with daenerys and the uh dothraki um Tyrion's there, Drogon's there. Like we, yeah. we feel for both these guys. Even though you might want one to win over the other, you don't see them in a vacuum. Even Dickon, <laughs> Dickon, Dickon is over there. You know, you knew <laughs> a little a bit about his backstory too. Um, and you know, going back to Don, John and Daenerys, John, you talked about this. You know, they're not necessarily adversaries, but they're not allies yet. And you want we the viewers want them to be allies. We do, but we they do. don't know why. And we have stakes on both their sides. We've we've been with them for the past six right. years. Finally, I, you know, we're, we're kind of, except for Cersei, we kind of have stakes with everybody. Yeah, that's true that I, I never really thought about it, but Game of Thrones is sort of unique in that aspect where you follow throughout the show, not just the protagonist. Well, everyone's sort of a protagonist, but right. you kind of follow the good guys and the bad guys, which is kind of unique, usually with, with shows you only are are seeing one side and therefore it's very easy to hate the other side and right. you know it's easy to let let them go when they when they die but in game of thrones it's like we're, we're invested into all of these houses and not no to talk about another show but uh breaking bad is kind of like this because we saw totally we yeah saw Walt, we saw walt's brother-in-law and we were right. rooting for both of them we don't want any of them to get hurt or any of them to we want all of them to succeed, but we see both of them, and obviously they're opposed to each other. Right. Yeah, I wonder so, if this is a new formula for making a good show now. <laughs> so, so as for my second, so my first drop the mic moment was just the big boy, the battle between gods and men overall theme. My second one, and this goes to you, Diana, is I am now a Jamie fan. Really? I would have thought that this, this episode crazy. made you hate him even more because no. I was going to bring up. All right. Well, tell me your reasons, and then I'll tell you my. Well, one is, um, for one, Jamie, in the very beginning, he kind of put the other guy in check. Like, no, we don't need to beat these guys, okay? And come on, let's just give him a fair warning first. And when Jamie was fighting, he had compassion over all of his men. He didn't like, you saw him like crumbling when he saw them all on fire he was able to navigate the Dothraki, which is my third drop that might finally seeing the, the Dothraki fight, which is what we've been waiting for, I think, what, for four seasons for? Finally see them all fight. But to see Jamie kind of navigate that and, and still be alive and have enough wherewithal to identify where Daenerys is and almost get to her, but in the end we saw what happened. I really enjoyed Tyrion... Oh, Wears hard on his sleeve in those moments where he oh he doesn't want Jamie to be killed. He wants that to win this amazing. battle, but he sees those are his countrymen out there dying. Yeah, he sees I thought, that. I he, thought Peter Dinklage's Dinklage Dinklage's uh, acting was so dead yeah. on for someone who wants his side to win, but I mean, not wanting harm to come to his his own brother and his own family and his own bannerman. Like yeah. he did such an amazing Only, yeah, job yeah. showing that it was so believable. 
only Tyrion could have played that delicate kind of balance yeah. because we saw how vicious the Dothraki was because those guys just scattered. They just like just they just like crumbled before them. Yeah. Well, in regards to your whole Jamie thing, I think it's funny that you that you have that opinion because as I was watching this episode, um, aside from the last few moments when Jamie actually decided to go after Daenerys with a spear in hand running towards her. Aside from that, the whole rest of the battle, Jamie kind of just looked kind of lost and just was kind of standing there while everyone else was fighting. And I was actually thinking to myself as I was watching it, oh man, John is going to be, <laughs> when we record this podcast, John is going to be hating on Jamie about the fact that he's just kind of standing around and, you know, just watching everyone die around him and not actually fighting. So I've, I've, it's interesting that you actually no. have the opposite opinion. It takes restraint to know your your limits. And he basically, he, he, he survived the battle. He didn't run because the guy said, go back now. You're not a, you're not a, you know, you're not an infantry guy. And Jamie stayed there. I mean, that, that took a lot of guts. Yeah. And, he, and, and he's, he, he faced up against a dragon. I mean, like, wow, he didn't like lose it. I mean, I'm yeah. amazed. Sorry. So I saw it differently. Who yeah. do you guys think saved Jamie? Do you think that was... Well, I know who I think it was because you didn't see the person. It had to have been Braun. I, I tried. Braun. I think it was Braun no, too. Who else could be Dickon? I mean, it's it could have been Dickon already He's... saved him. Dickon saved him Dickon earlier. Saved Somebody him else's turn. Dickon came in for the save, but that one time. Okay, um, first of all, the... oh no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean. Oh, no, I said. By the way, did anyone else notice that they recast Dickon? I thought it looked like know... the same guy. No, I only, I only know because last season, the guy who played him was the same guy who played Cormac McGlagan from Harry Potter, so this is oh, definitely okay. a recast. And I Googled it afterwards, and okay. it is like a new actor. Well, they all look the same to me, so <laughs> yeah. I can't Only on this apart. podcast will you hear about <laughs> some character or... All these, all these white guys look the same to me. I can't tell them. Yeah, whatever. Especially, especially in metal suits. <laughs> so um, I think that um, they hid the person on purpose. Well, yeah, so, well, so we're... Yeah. Yeah, it leaves mystery. It could have been Tyrion. No, <laughs> that person was too big. That was a, like yeah. a regular, normal-sized person. Yeah, yeah I know. Was, he was watching it from so far away on the cliff. There's no way there would have been time. But, I mean, if it was Bronn, it's kind of like, really? You know, did anyone have... Okay, despite despite the feelings of, yeah, Bronn, you know, like he had this whole, you know, epic long shot scene, and he was obviously the hero of the battle for, for the Lannister side. But... Did anyone think it was kind of like too ridiculous? Like, come on, Bron, really? Like, he's just like so amazing, like doing everything, saving lives, and you know That's that why whole he's so time. Interesting, he's... like he he, you know, cheats death. That's who he's been since we've seen him from the beginning. You know, when did we first see him? When he was when Tyrion found him somewhere, like in some battle of Whispering Wood or something. Like, uh huh. That. That's who he who he is. That's why he's so interesting and fun and crazy and yeah. I just I just thought he was a little bit too lucky, you know. But I, I, it seems like everyone's kind of. I, I was online a little bit after the episode before we started recording, and it seems like everyone's reaction was sort of that uh, they're relieved that no one major on the Lannister side died, yet simultaneously annoyed that no one died because it was a little yeah. bit unbelievable. I thought I thought Bronn was going to bite it myself. I thought, oh, he's done for. Here comes the dragon. He got. The dragon got shot. Yeah. Bronn's done. Yeah, no, I definitely Bron thought it would be his ending as well. And it would have been an epic death for him, too. Like, they could have put in, like, a really, you know. No, no, been really... no. No, they, 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 Bronn wasn't, like, if Bronn was going to die this episode, we would have seen him before before now in some kind of way. Like, 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 like we saw a Grey Worm, kind of a weird kind of scene. You know what I mean? But Grey Worm didn't die in that scene, number one. And number two, we did see Bronn earlier in the episode. 
No, what I'm saying is we would have seen a like some sort of sensitive scene or something. Uh huh. Exactly. But Braun's not like that though. With Grey Worm, it like made sense because he's you know the sensitive guy and Grey whatever. Worm's but with Braun, he's still alive. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I think they're keeping him around because there's so few players on the Lannister side that are major characters at this point. Like literally, they just have Jamie, Cersei, and Braun, and, and like the Maester. They, and, uh, and Kyber, yeah. Dog or damn I think Maester, they just kind of—they just needed, you know, they need to keep him around just so that there's someone on the Lannister army that you know yeah. besides Jamie, you know. Well, so, personally, yeah, personally, yeah, personally, I don't think Bronn's ever going to die. I think he's the, he's the, he's that bug. I hate saying the name because it grosses me out, but he's that bug that that will outlast a nuclear holocaust. He's just like he's he's just that kind of guy. So, did anyone notice very important scene with Bronn? Um, the significance of the scene of him disregarding the bag of gold to go yes. shoot the scorpion arrow. So that was kind that. of a, that was kind of the, that's what the he show. lost. He he saved his life, but he lost the gold. Right, but it was also showing that he's a new person now. That he's he's kind of a Lannister man through and through. He finally has a sort of home army that he feels is more important to fight for than than his old life, which was just take any money that you can. And, you know, he was a sellsword. So him, that's true. That's they true. specifically shot that to, you know, for a reason to yeah. show him seeing the money there and being like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to go shoot this arrow at this dragon instead. So. Yeah, because before he would have taken that money and, and it would have been out of there. Yeah, exactly. And the whole army could have, he said, well, that was, that's, that's your guys. Yeah, you're right. You're, 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 I, I, that's a good, uh, that's a good take. Now, I want to get back to the Arya scene, which is we it finally to me it answered the question just how good is she? And I think you said it earlier, Diana. She has to be the best fighter in all of Westeros now, by the way she handled Brianna. Brianna right. Tarth. Right. And the reason I say that is because Bri- Brianna of Tarth defeated the hound. So I mean who- Yes. Who they all say no one you know no one can defeat the hound. She defeated the hound. So isn't Brienne of Tarth sort of the best fighter in uh, in Westeros? Sort of at the, at this point. I mean, who else can you think of besides the Mountain, who's you know been given magical powers? But really, she kind of had that title, judging by who she's beaten. Um, and so for Arya to sort of put her in her place like that, it's kind of showing how much power Arya has now as a ninja as a side thing with Arya I really enjoyed how much she looked exactly like Syria Pharrell yes Um, the the man that trained her at King's Landing back when her father was still alive the water dance it was was perfectly executed she didn't even look like that when she was in Bravos. no she did and I also also was thinking that once again Arya is on the God side of this episode and Brianna's on a man side, you know. Um, and what did you guys? Ba- Sorry, go uh-huh. ahead. no, go ahead, Diana. No, I was, was going to say, what did you guys think of her reunion with uh, Sansa? I thought it was really natural. I thought it was it was well done because it 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 would have been a little bit fake for them to have this super lovey dovey happy yeah. reunion, you know. I so I thought it was really well done and it felt right, you know the 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 way the dialogue was written and all that. And I know I say it every week, but it just shows, you know, now this show has switched from, you know, the men being in charge to now the women being the ones who are in power and seeing the mm-hmm. two of them. They're the the top dogs, if you will. They are they you know, I think Diana, you're exactly right. They couldn't just like 
say hello and they hug and like oh it's great to see you they had to be who they were and they're fighters they're killers you know and And i thought it was also oh sorry go ahead no and it it ended with them having mutual respect right Um, yeah I i thought it was interesting that there wasn't this initial you know interrogation of santa like where have you been? You know, what have you been doing? There's just kind of a mutual understanding that they've both been through some shit, (laughs) you know, like they both know that there's just been so much that has happened and it's not even worth bringing up immediately or in that moment because there's just kind of that mutual understanding that uh, they understand what the other has been through without the details. Well, if we were to, if we were to like dissect that, I mean, there's, I mean, there are practical reasons why, Sansa, for one, doesn't feel like telling Ari you were right, you know, the right. whole time. I shouldn't have been so star-crossed it got me in trouble. And, Sa- and, and uh, that's it, right. Sansa didn't want to tell Arya. And Arya didn't want to tell Sansa, you know, that her kind of, you know, energetic kind of thing got her into a lot of trouble, too. Right. And she was able to right. get out of it. But it, it, it was it, both of them have harrowing tales. Yeah. All right. So what do you guys think of Bran giving Arya the Valyrian steel dagger? I, I feel like that's going to have some significance in the future. Before we get into that, I kind of want to revisit the Arya fight with um, Brianna and and the... Brienne. Brienne, yes. yes. Brienne, sorry. Okay. <laughs> and I want to talk about how Sansa and Littlefinger was observing it. And what did you think that... Were, what did you think what, what their opinion was? Well, Sansa doesn't really know at all what Arya has been through, what her capabilities are, or even the idea that, you know, she has a list and that she has murdered. She actually hasn't told Sansa that she's murdered anyone. She's kind of implied it. And now Sansa sees Arya's skill set and it's like, wait, wait a second. Who is this person? This is not the, uh, this is not the sister that I remember. Uh, And then for Littlefinger, it could be one of two things, depending on how he's thinking. It actually could be both. You know, one, oh my goodness, these Stark kids, they're not kids anymore. They're way more powerful than I thought they were. And secondly, how am I going to use this to my advantage? He never yeah. seems like, just what he told Sansa last week, always be prepared, be fighting every battle, always in every possible scenario, all the time, and never be surprised. It seemed right. like, yes, he was surprised, but he transitions very quickly. You can see it on his face. I know how I'm going to use this, or I think I know how I may use this to my advantage. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you on the whole uh, Sansa thing. I, I thought that when she first reunited with Arya, and Arya mentions this list, oh, this list of people I want to kill, I think she kind of, I think Sansa kind of thinks it's just. Sansa being childish, you know, being foolish and just the way she used to be when she was a little girl. But then when she sees her fight, all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, I think she kind of looked almost a little scared, I think, when she saw when she saw uh, Arya fighting like that. Um, So that was interesting. And yeah, I agree with you on the on the little finger thing. I think his uh, the. He's definitely thinking of how he's going to use this to his advantage in the future. It's so interesting in this whole season that we see these little bits of Littlefinger here and there just kind of sprinkled in. It's He's going to play his cards at some point. We're going to see him. But what were you going to say? I I interrupted you. I was just going to say, is anyone else getting annoyed that Littlefinger has literally done nothing this whole season except creep in the corner? Yeah. 
that he's going to, it's going to come out at some point. We're waiting for it. We're waiting for it, but it's just like every episode, the same face, you know, the same, oh, there's Littlefinger looking all sly in the corner. It's like, all right, do something with him already. So <laughs> let me ask you a question about, about the Eerie and the Knights of the Vale. The Knights of the Vale, are they, have they pledged allegiance to Jon Snow as king or do they, you know, ultimately follow Peter Baelish? So I could see there be being a, uh, I don't know, a disagreement down the road between Littlefinger and Sansa or whatever it is. You know, who are the, who is Bowen Royce going to follow? I, I think they're, unfortunately, their allegiance is to Peter Baelish because, uh, he it's represents what, Robin. It's who, right. Well, it's who, that's the head of their, the veil right now, and that's yeah. who they're supposed to follow. And if he decides, oh, screw the Starks, we're going to go join up with Daenerys or Cersei or whatever, they're just going to be forced to follow. Yeah. Because that's just the way it works. So I don't think Littlefinger would go with Cersei because Cersei and Littlefinger really didn't get along too well. And no, that's I, definitely. Huh? Yeah. No, I was going to say, I just brought up, like, as an example, but there's no chance that, yeah, there's no chance that would happen. And Sansa is being really smart and keeping Littlefinger close. So he doesn't annoy me when I see him because I like the fact that Sansa is keeping him close because she knows how dangerous he could be out there on his own. That's a a Michael Corleoneism. Exactly. Yeah, so Sansa is, so to me, it's almost as if she has Littlefinger in a cage. And and between Littlefinger and Sansa, Sansa's the guy, Littlefinger's a man, because Sansa just is keeping him just right where she, you know, close enough to be able to uh, understand what he's doing, when he's doing it, and to control the events that he may try to um, manipulate. And at yes. least publicly, Sansa still has displayed that she doesn't trust Littlefinger in the in the Godswood with her brother and her sister. She implies, well, she doesn't imply, she states specifically to Brandon Hey, he gave this to you for a very specific reason. He plans to use it in some way, shape, or form for his own advantage. So that's proving, at least outwardly, that Sansa doesn't believe him, doesn't trust him. Right. And I I know I brought this up in a prior podcast of uh, our coworker, Trumaine's theory, that Sansa actually has... uh, is possibly playing Littlefinger, but I do, the more the season goes on, the more I think that that actually is going to happen in the future. What I see happening, or my theory for Sansa, um, is that Littlefinger is going to have some, whatever whatever ends up happening with Littlefinger, I think there's going to be a kind of twist that Sansa was on him the whole time, pulled one over him somehow. Okay, uh, I think you're right. Um, I think you're right. Good point. Good point. I disagree. I think, well, that could happen. I think more likely that Littlefinger, Peter Baelish, is holding something in his back pocket against Sansa that's going to force her in some way, shape, or form to do his bidding, either whether it's turning Jon Snow's mind about something or whether it's going against a brother or a sister, whatever it is, he's got something in the back pocket that he's going to play against Sansa. I, don't, I have I don't no know. idea what think, that could be. I but that's the kind of the way he's smirking. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that, Dre. I, I, because because the, the Game of Thrones is getting too big for Littlefinger for him to work that way now. I just feel like there's a reason why they keep showing in every single episode Sansa making the comments about not to trust him. And, what, and they're, they're making it a point to show that Sansa knows what she's doing when it comes to handling him. But then how much more 
uh, of a twist would it be if at the end of the day she succumbs to that, you know, that very advice that she is telling other people, you know what I mean? Well, I think it's going to be a sort of like shocking twist. Like just when you think that he has her defeated in some way, shape or form that she's going to pull one over him. I don't think that there's going to come to that. I think that Littlefinger is going to try to do something and he's going to fall by the sword of Arya. That's what I think. Mm, That's actually interesting. Now that Arya is in play. But do you guys, do you guys think that Arya is going to leave now? That she, she, you know, mm. she came, she met up with her family, but she still has her list, and that is guiding her, or that's her number one priority. I think she kind of took this little side journey just to, you know, to meet up with her family, but now I kind of see her hitting the road. I think I think her. she'll wait for John unless John says a word. <laughs> Diana, you always have Arya hitting the road. You didn't, you didn't, I know, you, I know. You didn't, you didn't even have her going back to see John or to see Sansa. You had her yeah. like... I'm a low wolf, but we're a low wolf together. I, I mean, know, I was, guys, all right, you should have learned by now after all these podcasts that the Diana theories are never come true. Literally, never. My 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 thoughts always fail. That's so funny. Oh, you got her, you got her hitting the road every podcast. She's gonna go. She's out of here. I just, you know, whatever I think is gonna happen, the opposite happens. So whatever. Hey, so um, this episode also had, I think. It had, what do you want to call it? Kind of odios or kind of, it had aspects of another major movie called The Matrix twice. Where when you, when you had Morpheus and Neo going against each other and everyone say, come look, you know. I kind of felt that way when Ariane and Brianna were, were going at it. People were like, you know. And I tell you, that got like more retweets on my Twitter than any other comment I made. I got like 15 retweets out of that. And secondly... Um, the kind of the Matrix when 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 Neo goes back to avoid the bullets, we saw Arya do that, and we saw Jamie do that kind of that that, that back move. And we kind of saw Drogon do that with uh, Daenerys too on their dragon, kind of a little bit. Uh huh. Yeah. It, <laughs> so I thought that you know with the great because the Matrix is known yeah. for their battle scenes, um, and I, I think they kind of. I think there are know, other episodes that represent the Matrix a little bit more, and. I'm not like a huge Matrix fan, but just am, when you am, see like time and space kind of changing, I think that's more in line with that. But I, I could be completely wrong about that. I'm not a huge Matrix guy. Matrix. Um, the second point I want to bring up is, do you guys see the, a similar kind of death between, well, supposed death? If First of all, I don't believe Jamie Lannister is dead. But it seems as though when someone dies, they have that same kind of camera pulling back away and they're fading into the darkness. I don't think Jamie's dead. I think no, there's so no, much more storyline no. left. I... There's no way. If, if Jamie's dead, then Cersei no. couldn't do anything. Yeah, he's blatantly not dead. He was like alive in the water. But uh, but I, uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's just kind of a popular, you know, for dramatic effect sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah. so. But Jamie, right. Tyrion, and Cersei need to have one final scene between the three of them, or all the two of them. All at the same time, or whatever it is, Jamie and Cersei, Jamie and Tyrion, Tyrion and Cersei, something like that needs to go down before one or all of them are dead. Yeah, I, I would love to see that. I've, I kind of am afraid that it's not going to happen, though, for some reason. Like, I know obviously we're going to have Cersei and Jamie scenes, but I just don't know how a, a Tyrion and Cersei scene would be possible. Or a, uh, well, definitely a Jamie and Tyrion scene, anyway. Oh, Jamie. Oh, here's a question. Do you guys think that 
Jamie will be taken prisoner by Daenerys. Yes, I do think so. I think yeah. they're going to fish him out. He right. and Bronn are going to be prisoners prisoners. of Tyrion. And Tyrion obviously is going to treat them well. And he's uh, going to let them them go ultimately. (laughs) How funny would that be? Oh, that's how. Okay, so that's a transition because we didn't see Jaime in the previews. And that's why he's not near Cersei because he's already a prisoner. Okay, I got it. Yeah. Okay. Uh So this would be the second time that he would be let go. If that does happen, remember, he was let go by um, Lady Stark years ago. And yeah. then, or they're going to return him intentionally to, you know, return some sort of message to Cersei. Yeah, um, it could be. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I wonder if while he's hostage, Tyrion somehow. No, I don't. I don't think Tyrion would ever. I was going to say maybe Tyrion will be able to convince him to yeah. sort of bend the knee to Daenerys, and then he'll go back to Cersei, like trying to get her to do the same, and obviously she'll refuse because she's Cersei and she's crazy, and that's when he'll murder her. <laughs> okay. I, I just I like that we let that drop for we all, a second. We, we all I think know it's a good theory. Okay, guys, I'm convinced. If there's one theory of mine that's coming true this season, it's that Jamie is killing Cersei. Okay, you guys uh, maybe, need to accept maybe it. Maybe in 2018. I don't know about this season. Okay, I maybe in 2018. Not this season. No, for not not, not this season. No, no. Well, of course it's not going to happen this season. That would be like well, a, that's what you said. Last few episodes thing, but I mean, it will happen. You can't deny it. Okay. 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 I'll, I'll follow you on that as long I as. I bet you money. So Give where do you? Money on the table, Five dollars. So where do you think Arya is going to be? <laughs> uh, I think she's going to make some sort of feeble attempt to kill Cersei. But feeble? Um... Why are you so anti-Arya? <laughs> no, I'm not anti-Arya. I just... Why are you say feeble attempt? I, just, I don't see her. I'm sorry. I'm a big believer in the prophecy. You know, I mean, the prophecy right. of when Cersei was a little girl and she saw the witch. And the witch told her all of her children were going to die and she was going to become queen. And like literally everything has happened from this prophecy. The more, the more beautiful queen will come to replace you. Right. Everything has come true. And the last thing, the last part of it that needs to happen is that a brother is going to kill her. It doesn't specify which one. Right. But it's going to be one of them. It's not going to be Arya. I, I could see Arya Arya's... dying at the hands directly of Cersei. I could see that Possibly. happening and then Cersei dying right, right after. Yeah, that could happen. Do you guys Cersei want to talk can, about pro- Cersei, prophecies more? Because hold, I thought hold, of hold on. One. one second, one second. Cersei can only be killed by one person in this entire show. And I wanted to stand up to you guys and, and so you guys can face this. Is Tyrion is the only one that can kill Cersei. No, no it's going to be no. Jamie. No, it's no. going to be Jamie uh-huh. because Jamie's no. the only one she trusts to get near her. Yeah, no, exactly. Be, I guarantee you. Tyrion I, I, had... Tyrion already had his dramatic murder of his family member. He killed their father. I'm telling you, Jaime is going to kill Cersei. He's the only one that can. It's going to be the the ending for his arc and her arc. It makes sense. It's going to happen. We're betting five dollars. We're betting dinner. How about that? Okay, fine. Dinner. That's better than five dollars. Dinner at the dinner at the lunch basket. Wherever the heck my my guy (laughs) took us. Where'd you take us? Family meal in Frederick. (laughs) This dude was like, Dre. This place sucks. And then he ate the food. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So, You're absolutely right. <laughs> All right. Family meal. Dinner at family meal. Okay. Give family meal, a, 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 which was awesome, by Crazy the way, man. which is a good choice. But no, Tyrion, because Jamie can't. Jamie is, go- is supposed to kill Cersei. He won't be able to. He's going to crumble before the power of the, you know, whatever. And that's going to be that. And no, it's going to be Tyrion. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> let's leave it at that no i disagree 
<laughs> I'm coming to the dinner either way, by the way. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a free oh. meal out of this. Yeah, and of course. So now, okay, so let's see. The, the, the next thing I want to say is why are they could still have clips of Theron of Greyjoy? Theron, Theon. 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 Theron. Theron. It's Theron. Theron, Theron of Greyjoy. Yeah. Oh my God, we've got uh, we got Ariana and Brianna and Theron of Greyjoy now. <laughs> Sirion. Theron of Greyjoy. Yeah. No, but you know what? You know what though? What? I like admit, admit that you guys also forgot about the potential of a Theon and John reunion because I, I totally forget forgot. About that. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? That's Who cares? really Who important. Cares? He Who killed. Cares? He killed so Who many cares? people at Winterfell. Theon murdered everyone at Winterfell. Not only that, he mentioned the people in the episode were mentioned the people he killed. Remember they said Maester Lewin? Sir Roderick. Sir he killed Roderick. everyone there. And the then he made John think that his his brothers were both dead too. He didn't Why? find out until recently that they were alive. Like he hates Theon with a burning passion. And if it wasn't for the fact that Theon saved Sansa from Roose Bolton, uh I, I mean, I all I want to say is that that scene happening, I kind of, uh, you know, oh, Theon pulls up his boat, and oh, Theon's back. And it didn't even occur to me, oh, my God, wait a minute, John's here. It was you know, definitely and like that a happened. hashtag awkward moment that was kind of fun. Right. I thought it was yes. good. <laughs> it was. It was kind of awkward. awkward. And I was, just, I was like, what is, what are they, you know, are they going to you know, embrace? Okay. Are they going to murder each other? You don't Let really me say know. This. The, the actor who plays Theon is portrayed by Alfie Allen. Yes. And Alfie good. Allen... I I have nothing against you. You're you're a great actor, and because you're a great actor, you cause me to feel this way. But I hate when you come on my screen. I wish I could just eradicate you from my from my screen time of my HBO. You're like the bane of all the HBO existence. John, but you only a... want protagonists. You only want people. No, that's no, all you no, want. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. Not true. I just don't like him. And and, and they waste summer screen time on this. Never mind. Loser. That it, you know. <laughs> I respect your hatred for him because everyone, you know, has their one or two characters on a series that you just hate passionately for no particular reason. Well, I shouldn't say for no particular reason, for, for your own respective uh, reasons. So, you know, if you don't like him, you don't. I mean, I think he had a, a big he had a part to play in the story. He played that part. Uh, whether he still has a part remaining, I'm not so sure. Uh, I could see him possibly, possibly dying in a, in order to save someone or somehow being redeemed, uh, kind of the opposite of his reaction to Yara getting kidnapped and him becoming regressing back into yeah. reek. I think maybe he, they'll redeem his character by having him actually yet, yet uh, show some redemption. bravery. Right. Right. So maybe that'll happen. But yeah, I can't I th- really. See I thought we anything. were over the hump on that, honestly, because I thought saving Sansa from Winterfell was was the bravery, but I guess that wasn't. Right. Right, that's why it was so disappointing that episode when it happened, you know, because no one was really expecting for him to yeah. regress back into Reek. But yeah, I could see him possibly dying in a moment of bravery and his character being slightly redeemed. But I don't see him having a particularly large role in how the actual story plays out. I don't know about you guys. Well, from here on, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I don't like seeing him at all. So if he, if I never see him again, I'm happy. Yeah, that's how I feel. I mean, I think he could be. That balance to Euron, if somehow they could, he could beat Euron and take control of his fleet, and then who knows? Maybe, yeah, know. maybe he'll have a part to play with the whole Euron story. We'll see. He'll probably need a dragon at his back to help him, but yeah. 
Okay, so now so now we talked about the war between gods and men. Let's talk about the actual filming of the battle, which was fantastic. Yeah, uh, I I just thought it was. I mean, whoever directs the was it the same? I wonder if it's the same director that did the Battle of the Bastards, and because it was just shot so amazing, I can't say enough good things about it. It was just absolutely amazing. My favorite part of you know, I mean, it was amazing all around. My favorite part is when you when you see Braun scrambling around and you see that like opposite POV shot, that steady cam shot in Braun's yes. face about a few feet away from him. And you just see, uh-huh. just kind yes. of like last year, you saw John, the chaos around him, the randomness, yes. the craziness. Yes. And you uh-huh. saw, you know, Braun's face and that steady cam moving around. And it's just like, oh my goodness, like how does someone not, how does everyone not die? How does, how is this possibly survivable? That was right. amazing. Yeah, it was that I know exactly the shot you're talking about. It was a long shot of Braun yeah. and it was it was really, really good. Props um, to that actor too. I don't know that actor's name, but that was uh Emmy caliber. If this was a movie, that would be Oscar caliber acting on his part. Um yeah. incredible. No, he he was great. I still have to give my number one acting props this episode to Peter Dinklage for yeah. uh Tyrion was amazing. But I agree, he was really great. I just want to say Daenerys, like she, she needs some armor. Like she needs like a mithril shirt, like Frodo Baggins. Like yeah. why is she not wearing? You know, I mean, it's so dangerous. The whole time she was flying on on Drogon, I was just scared for her life. She needs some armor. Drogon is her armor that you know, Drogon's has essentially a breastplate plate, you know, built into him. He, you know, he bared his belly or whatever, and all the uh, arrows just bounced off of him. The smaller ones, anyway. All right. Okay, yeah. um, Braun is played by Jerome Flynn. Incredible so, actor. Shout out to him. Yeah. Just for, um, and in case you kind of want to know what else he's kind of um, been featured in, on his IMB, he was just, uh, he was in a IMBs. film called Ripper Street. I, yeah, that, that's it right there. Ripper Street, Soldier, Soldier, not not too much. Um, Probably like BBC Black, shows. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, this small he he he's been a lot of a lot of things just in small small bits. But the Game of Thrones is his calling card. So um, the scene. Ooh, one other. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. What would say, Diana? Oh no, I was just gonna bring up another thing that I thought of. Uh, what like what's up with the lack of scouts this season? Does no army have any scouts? Like, could no one see the the Dothraki horde coming? You know, I mean, between Euron randomly showing up, it left and right and the Dothraki horror just completely taking them by surprise. It's like, whatever happened to having scouts? Yeah. I think that that's the case of the leadership because um, Ty- Tyrone Lannister would have had scouts. Tyrone. Am I saying his name wrong? <laughs> no. What? No, it's funny you said Tyrone Lannister. <laughs> John, you're the best. <laughs> you're, you've you, had man. some amazing ones this podcast. I'm, I'm okay. Sure. Let, me, let me tell you about this podcast. I am more of a visual person. <laughs> I don't listen to the actual words. Tyrone. And Tyrone <laughs> looks small. <laughs> you don't what want to know what I think of right, when well, Tyrone Lannister. What was a, continue continue what, saying what you were going to say about Tyrone. <laughs> John, if you were in this show, that would be your character. Tyrion. Not Tyrion. No, not Tyrion. No, 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 Tywin. no, no. I'm talking Tywin. 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 Thank you. Yeah. Obviously. Tywin, Lan- Ty- Tywin Lannister would have had scouts. He would have had, you know... It seems as though that the war is being fought on a smaller field, to be honest with you. And um, 
I even think that Rob Stark would have had scouts. You know, I think that the the, the commanders of this war aren't as form aren't as formidable as the first war that was fought. Yeah. Oh, by I the way, speaking of the first war that was fought. Oh wait, wait, wait. When you're talking about the first war, are you talking about Aegon con- conquering the? No, 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 no. no. I was talking about talking Rob about... versus Jamie. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. okay. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Okay. To me, that was the first war, and I, I think that actually Rob versus Tywin is what, what it actually was, um, and I You're think right. that that war was 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 had had better had better organization. It had better um, strategic planning. I think right. this one is kind of we learned lessons from last time, but we're still not expanding. We're not we're not we don't have backup plans. We don't have we just we just coming in here and we're surprised. It's, it's a lot of right. surprise attacks. Yeah. It's more like it's more like a guerrilla war. It's like a guerrilla war on a on a grander scale. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I think it was funny that you know Randall Tarley is getting on them for logistical. You know, hey, we're we're vulnerable here. We need to get them over the uh, whatever they called it um, by nightfall. But they ended up succumbing to that very thing. They were vulnerable. They were out in the open. Their tail was left hanging out, and they got they got pummeled. Yeah. So um, I want to say that when okay. The question that I have for this episode that was really interesting is that when the dragon came, you started to see Daenerys kind of change emotion. You know what I mean? And I think you're starting to see that carry over. You may see that carry over to the next episode where she, she's like, I was listening to smart guys and they didn't get me anywhere. Yeah. I listened to myself. And I got a victory. So I think that may empower her to make decisions. She, she didn't fully listen to herself. She kind of took John's advice, if you think about it. What was John's advice to her? Don't burn. Don't burn uh, innocent castles. people. Right. Don't burn down castles. Don't. Yeah. You know, I think make she kind of took the. She took a, like a compromise. It was like a halfway. She was like, all right, well, I'm not going to go to King's Landing and just burn the city down with all these innocent people, but I will go burn. Their, their armies down, you know. It was she kind did of seem to have John's confidence in it because you see him talking to uh, Theon later. You know, where's the queen? Right. The queen is gone. You know, he right. knew exactly where she was going. Right. Yeah, that's true. And I thought it was really cool that she turned to him for advice in that moment. Yeah. You know, she she was just like, "Screw you, Tyrion. You have no, ter- you know, given me terrible advice. All you people I've had advice from and has failed." And, and she just turns to John and she's like, "What do you think?" You know, I don't think he was expecting it, but she, it was really cool. She to hurt. See her. T- she hurt Tyrion deeply uh, when she said, yeah. "You know, you must you must love your family." Un- you must love your family more than me. I forgot what her word was exactly. Right, I forget the line. But Perhaps that, you that love your family deep. after all, or something like right. that. Right. Yes. Yeah. That was. That you was, could tell that hurt him. That was a burn. And then, and then you saw later on when he saw his family, or it wasn't his direct family? Jamie was out there, but you saw, you know, his family's army, the people who were sworn to his family, dying before him. Like you could see that in his face, her words. Right. Yeah. So but we have. Go ahead, Nat. Go ahead, Dan. No, no, nothing. That's it. <laughs> no, Arbella? I was just gonna say, despite all that, that I, I, I still don't think he's gonna abandon her or anything. Not that he has anywhere else to turn, anyway. So, what you know, as Terrible. far as prophecies go, you know, Daenerys is still owed another betrayal. Right, but I mean, we could talk about that, you know, in the next podcast later this yeah, week. Yeah, we can go down the rabbit holes there. Good but, idea. Discuss that on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I guess we'll end on that note. 
Yep. So um, we got. So we guys, we're going to um, kind of do our research and get together and have a great podcast for you on um, Tuesday. And thank you very much. And Andre, what is the time to do? Now it's time to drop the mic.